Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. This week, you're in the hands of the hosts of the Indiana Jones Minute. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm the Admiral Pete Mummert. I'm Gerald Leonard. Porter. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are here to launch into this week with minute 51, which begins with Roger Thornhill trying to understand what Eve Kendall has just said. And it ends with him telling her about the game of hide and seek he's been playing. Uh, Just to catch us up. (laughs) This is sort of like, (laughs) yes, he's been playing a nice game of hide and seek with the... With Jerry Porter this whole time. I'll say. <laughs> say. Uh, but yeah, we start with this kind of like pregnant pause while he's thinking over something. It's because she just said, as was covered last week, uh, it'll be a long night and I don't particularly like the book I've started. She's like, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, yeah, I get it. So that's what he's responding to. He gets it. <laughs> oh, he yeah. He gets what she's yeah, laying yeah. down. Yeah. She's he gets what she can't read. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Pete, Pete, you're you're an avid reader. Yeah, and I I wondered. So when you start a book, you have a lot of false starts, mm-hmm. and uh, when that happens, do you just go to have sex? <laughs> he hops on a train. Uh, yes. I mean, Hope for the yes. best. I feel, I feel like you have a lot of false starts there too, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't working out. Back to page sixteen. <laughs> I have to think of I, books I, that I've started uh, that I did that I never finished. I think I mostly finished years of books solitude? that I start. No, see, I see. You know what? That and I've been trying to reread Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I cannot get very really? deeply into it. Wow! I love it's it's wow. good. And it's I'm enjoyable. Surprised. I f- I feel like I just don't have the time to. As any stupid podcaster will tell you, it's hard to find time to do stuff other than podcasting when you're doing these things. You know, so I don't like. There, I I I would just recommend the audible. There's an audible version with Stephen Fry reading it, and it's oh, that glorious. sounds nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. There's only one book that I can think of that I just that I was like deeply into, and then I just like uh, the third Dune book. I don't remember which one, which one it is. I read the first one and the second one, and I started the third one. And like halfway through, I just looked up into the empty room I was sitting in. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I just read for like the last three hours. Did he actually just put, is he dressed inside like some kind of sandfish or is that a metaphor? I actually don't know what's going on. I'm going to, I'll find some Stephen King lying around. I'll go get that. You know, but Pete, what's funny is uh, you mentioned the Stephen Fry uh, audio book of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And there's about six months of my life um, where I decided to get up early. And <laughs> which weird. is like 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It was it was 930 <laughs> and I would go swimming because, you know, there's a there's a pool here. And, and I, I you know, it's a big, beautiful pool. And, and uh, you know, I, and so I, I had that book hmm. and, and I, I bought, um, you know, I bought like waterproof, you know, headphones and I had the audio book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I'd go, it was beautiful. It was such oh. a memorable time. I would go Whoa. in, I'd jump in the water, it would be ice cold, and I'd listen to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I'd swim for about half hour, 40 minutes, and I never finished the damn book. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It got a little chilly out. And it, it ruined your whole routine. And it was great. Routine. 
<laughs> well, and you can't, you know, I mean, after I was like, this getting up early stuff is for the birds. <laughs> well, the book is, is less than six hours long, so th- this will tell you how much Jerry exercised yeah. and got up early. We're talking about, yeah, a great swath of time that this took place in. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, though, the, uh, the music comes in here, and I am a huge fan of Bernard Herrmann. Oh, and sure. this is, I, I, I like Vertigo better. Uh, I might like Taxi Driver better, but this is one of mm. his very best scores. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I agree. It's incredible. But if you, especially in, in, in you know, this week's scene and minutes, the, the, the music, mm-hmm. the sort of swelling, sweeping music in this, uh, well, it's understated, but it's still sort of sweeping in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I want to know, like, how would you describe that to somebody? Like, like, imagine you're in prison for life. Okay. And you have a you have a bunkmate, and he's like, cool, cool. "I've never seen North by Northwest." And, you ate you sand? Know, I, We don't have we it, and <laughs> we hate sand. Yeah. And you're like, I, you know, I, you know, you is like, we don't have it in the prison library, and it's like, well, all right, I'll walk you through it. How would you describe it? What the music or the scene or the the music? Or, like if it no, not yeah. the scene. I mean the the scene, but like how would you describe? There's something. It's like <laughs> I almost want to say like imagine your grandmother or whoever was like of age in like the fifties. <laughs> imagine them in their living room doing homework and they put a record on, like it's just a generic record, <laughs> but they just happen to grab the greatest version of that record they possibly could have. Uh-huh. And that's kind of it. It's just kind of like, it's almost like, it, it would be stupid background music if it wasn't actually really good. Well, the other weird thing is if you're describing this to a person in prison for life, it's really going to be a letdown because mm. the scene, <laughs> all these five minutes are about sex, sex, sex. But the music yeah. to me doesn't say sex, sex, sex. So the poor guy right. in prison is going to really right. be left hanging. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, if well, just that's like about a picture of very light, romantic, tone like tv romance music oh see but, i would say like jerry said like a very sweeping epic no like, it is gorgeous. it is it's like a sweeping you epic version so, of that of of just kind of there's oh, okay. something yeah romance music there's something about it that's like it's romantic but i don't know it's not it's i don't it's not i shouldn't say romantic it's not romantic it seems like loving and tender but there's something so comfortable that it's just almost it's almost like agape it is like it feels yeah yeah, it's 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 there's something i don't i saw this movie uh, go ahead well to me it's sort of like it's got you know they they say that every life has its own death already written in and i think part of the beauty of his music (laughs) is that it's got this even in these gorgeous beautiful you know, sense of agape that you're talking about, Jerry, has this sense of melancholy in it too. And I feel like the melancholy is already mm. presupposing the loss of, you know, the feeling of loss that's eventually going to come. Mm. It it feels so comfortable. I think I first saw this movie when I was like maybe five. Uh-huh. And th- there was an old uh, uh, movie theater my dad used to take us to. It was called the the Center Mayfield in Cleveland. Oh yeah, um, and it was in Little Italy. And they'd show old classics like this. They'd serve snow caps. Uh, <laughs> you'd barf on them later. <laughs> but this, you know, it would show this a lot of Hitchcock movies, Notorious and Rebecca and 
all, all sort of, you know, uh, Humphrey Bogart movies, and they always played these, you know, these these old classics in the theater. And uh, I saw this probably five or six times as a kid, and then I haven't seen it since I was five. Wow. And yeah, for real. And so there's something hearing this music really took me to like a comforting place. It was so wow. far back. Wow. Yeah, it was so far. And, and watching some of these scenes with the same, you know, it was like scenes I hadn't seen in 40 years. And but but yet they were very familiar because I saw the movie, you know, five or six times. And there's it, it was just very, very almost nurturing. The music. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But is it weird, yeah. like, unless you were a super precocious five-year-old, was it weird watching now and being like, oh, my God, this is all about sex. This is just sex. This is just sex. <laughs> or it's oh, like, yeah. oh, look at those two grown-ups <laughs> talking about boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're smoking. I, they're you, smoking. Know, I, you know what I remember about the movie is is that opening scene, like, like at the beginning, the first, like, ten minutes or whatever, where they're in... Uh, they're in Van Damme's library, mm-hmm. and 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 you're like, I remembered that as a kid because I'm like, God, that house is amazing, and it looks so comfortable to sit down in those comfy yeah. chairs, yeah, and the big open high ceilings, and the like, a uh, you know, the beautiful staircase and the banister and the woodwork and all the crown molding, and for some reason, I was just like, that felt really is like well lit. Mm. It's a beautiful house. I remember that, and I remember when he was th- at the very end of the movie where he throws the match. He throws the matches in a in a message. Oh yeah, and he kind of flings them to her on mm-hmm. the table. And I'm like, God, that's cool. He got our message. <laughs> <with> the matches. <laughs> Which is literally right all I remembered scene. as a kid. Yeah, that's set up right Spe- here with his yeah, rock right. business. I was well, so excited when we got these minutes because I was like, Oh, you know what? If I had to pick a minute. Or a moment to talk about, not necessarily to talk about, but just that I love uh, his his little line here. She, he's like, "Oh, that's my that's my ROT, that's my trademark." She's like, "Oh, Roger O. Thornhill. What's the O stand for?" He's like, "Nothing." It's like one of the best <laughs> lines I've ever heard in my life. It's a reference to something, though. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, 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 may it. I answer? Go ahead. Oh, go, 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 go Jer. Well, I think for sure that what that's a reference to is, you know, they have this carnal lust uh-huh. and you know what's the o mean <laughs> nothing oh it's empty oh it yeah means there nothing. You go. Like yes that. it'll happen there it is they're not mm-hmm. i like that trains passing it'll it'll night. happen but it's exactly it's just <laughs> ultimately meaningless and what's interesting is they they set the entire thing up here i mean that that's all that is happening here in this scene like she knows this dude's a murderer and she's not going to report him to the police. And he's like, why is that? And she's like, because you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> See, as a five-year-old watching this with my dad, I thought it was because an, an O looks like a zero. So the O stands yeah. for nothing. Well, there's another, there's a more <laughs> mundane explanation <laughs> too. Although I love Jerry's. Uh, I think this is a, a nod to David O. Selznick. Uh, whose O <laughs> oh, also wow. did not stand for anything. He just oh, put funny. the O in because it, wow. it differentiated himself from his uncle. And Selznick, uh, is the guy that brought Hitchcock over from England to, when he made yeah. Rebecca, and that he won two Oscars in a row. You know, he won Gone with the Wind and then Rebecca. See, both of your explanations wow. are excellent, but they take away from my simple pleasure of it's a zero. The O is a zero, and it means nothing. <laughs> the O's, and that's like he's it. He's explaining zero to her. Nothing. O means nothing. 
Duh. Well, I like the rot. He's like he's like he's goth yeah. before goth was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about well, her. Like Jerry, you just said that like she knows that he's a murderer, but do we at this point we don't know what she knows. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I I'm sure the previous hosts must have talked about this at least a little bit because they got into the beginning of the scene. But she, we later know that she is, you know, keeping him close, keeping eyes on him uh for van damme at least mm-hmm. and maybe also for the professor i guess mm-hmm. but the audience we just know and 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 roger right now only knows that she's this beautiful woman sitting on the train who is like faders all the way up across the board yeah on, on getting <laughs> carrie grant into her room to make heavy out with him uh <laughs> well did, did, is either of you confident enough that you would think if you sat down across from a woman and she acted like this, would either of you be confident enough not to immediately suspect that this was some kind of weird act? I would definitely think that she was nuts and that I'd be stabbed in the throat before anything. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very suspicious. Yeah. No, see, I'm I'm as vain as Cary Grant. <laughs> Jerry's I mean, like, no, why, of course. Every trip ends like this. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> well, he paid for yeah, what do you, the what do you coach, mean? right? He, that's, that's part of his yeah, entry fee. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is you know her name. We we get he's you know we we get the introductions and her name is Eve. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, so what do we know about Eve? You're like, oh, that's the woman that man can't resist. Yeah, is that true? Like, but like biblically, biblically. Was it that like she like she you she tempts? I, went, yeah, I did like, go to Sunday know, school. Is that at, yeah? Yeah, he, but that's, he, he she. He couldn't say no she, to her. Right. No, she offered him the apple. He ate, and now we all live in this awful purgatory hell because of it. I thought that was more just because he trusted lot, her because he Grant. liked her. They were pals. <laughs> Not, oh, they were pals, except for that whole serpent thing. They were naked pals. Thank God. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is like, whatever you do, don't touch this. My And, you know, so the first thing she pulls out is, you know, that's what's interesting. I mean, her name is Eve. You're like, oh, wow. Eve yeah, was weak. Very, very symbolic. <laughs> well, I've, I've got a question about Eve here. Um, and I, I feel like all of us are eminently unqualified to answer this. So I, I, I have a, this just out. Uh, on our own podcast, we happen to have a this just in where our uh, <laughs> our co co host <laughs> Professor Christy Porter, psychology expert. Uh, I I was curious: Does Eve have a maladaptive oral fixation? Oh, first <laughs> because my first question is: Before you get the answer to this, what is a maladaptive oral fixation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, according to Freud, uh, and like old timey nineteen forties thirties psychoanalysis. It's when you never, uh, you either were weaned from breastfeeding too early or too late. And so you maintain mm. an oral fixation for the rest of your life. And you have to fill it with like chewing gum or smoking or oral mm. sex. Or it, it's it's an oral fixation because you've never, you basically never grew out of this phase. And I was curious, like, A, I was asking Christy, is, is that, could she have a maladaptive oral fixation? And B, is that even a, is Freudian psychoanalysis even still a thing, or is that like right. you know prefrontal lobotomy? And she said <laughs> it's outdated, but it was not outdated when the movie was made. And she's well, a is she fan. overly? I mean, she's smoking a cigarette, but is that 
Is she? No, no. You can. She's, she, she's she, making love to yeah. that teacup. Yeah, <laughs> I guess she is. And, and and she like pulls his hand back so she can. She blow does. On she it does. And yeah, what does that and symbolize, she, you guys? I don't get it. When she, blow, <laughs> she blows, she does a good job of blowing that match out. What does that mean? Yeah, it blows the flame out though. Does she, yep. Okay. Or maybe she, you know, ultimately quenches that flame. No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that's that's just she's blowing. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> it's funny. Jerry Porter's the one to walk that back. Yeah, <laughs> not going out with those nuts, are you? <laughs> um. So yeah. So he uh he t- oh he tells her that he doesn't have a uh a place to he doesn't have a, a bed you know a, he doesn't have a place to stay. He doesn't have a bed. He doesn't even have a roomette. Like she has a full bedroom and he doesn't even have a roomette. Is that what she says? She asked about a yeah. roommate? I didn't so, quite get uh, yeah. that. Okay. My, uh, you know, a lot of people on this planet are in some really, really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and my father is one of them. He's into trains. And he, from the time I was a, a little kid, he's been huge into trains. And so we rode on a lot of trains. Oh, cool. And uh, roomettes are like the little kind of bunk beds. So if you have a roommate, there's a bed, like one bed on the like lower level. And there's another, when you crawl up to where you're on, uh, like a higher level, but a bedroom is like a, you have a, like a, a large size bed. So she, she has basically like a suite. Okay. That makes sense. Is that in this minute? Huh. Did I skip into the next minute? Uh, oh, you know what? I wasn't watching the Minute Files, Jimson. I was watching the Minutes based on Amazon. So. Oh, okay. I th- I think that's technically that might okay. be. Well, he says that he's been minute, playing hide and seek with the with the with the porter because he doesn't have a room. I guess she didn't ask yeah, about yeah. the roomette or whatever yet. Roomette. No, she asked like about that, that before the hide and seek. Oh, do, oh, okay. Yeah, he she says I. You know what it's, He it's, says I invite you invite you to my bedroom if I had a bedroom, and she says a roomette, and he goes nothing, not well, even t- a ticket. T- Look, Tommy, I understand how you could go forward. I mean, these entire minutes are like foreplay. That's right. Who wants to stop? <laughs> and just He's like dying me, I'm, to I'm see what's around yep. the corner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> get to the good stuff, yep. man. I want to. I want to see. Get your, away with this. I want to see your O matchbook cover. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, why does that O look like a coffin? Oh. Like he was goth. I told I'm telling you, he was goth before there was goth. Rot. Yeah. Rot. It's, it's kind of a sinister looking. Yeah, a, uh, Cary Grant. It is. Dead. It is. Which doesn't seem to fit yeah, him at is. all. No. 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 Although isn't it kind of a? I don't know. I don't have the terminology for it. Isn't it kind of like Mad Men? Kind of cool. Kind of angular. Kind of sharp. Kinda, yeah, I can see that. But if like maybe. if you look at it today, it's kind of like. You could see a skull in there, or like yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah. knives or some flames or something. He's a big Susie and the Banshees fan. Yeah. What you know? What? Why does she let the cat out of the bag here? I'm just curious. Why does she? Why does she do the whole? Oh, I know who you are. What? What is the advantage? That's a good question. Um, I thought she was gonna say, like she looks at his matchbook, and I thought she was gonna say. Uh, dude, put that away. People are can see that, but she didn't see it. <laughs> and they're yeah. talking pretty loudly. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Hmm. 
I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, kind of, it, it, it heightens the tension in the scene, of course. It's like, oh, my gosh, she knows who he is. And, and you know, and she's not even going to do anything about, oh, my God, she's inviting this yeah. murderer back to her, you know, her drawing room. I'm frustrated because I know that Jerry hasn't seen the Manchurian Candidate, but I think Pete has. Mm-hmm. And there's that, there's that whole th- Janet Lee and uh, Frank Sinatra on the train. That's mm. like the only more whacked out, aggressive, <laughs> like for no reason I'm 110% into you scene yeah. in, a, in a movie. <laughs> I love that scene. Let's do that movie. You know you know what? I actually, uh, it's funny you say that. I have seen The Manchurian Candidate. We oh. watched it in Christian morality theology class. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Swear to God. Wow. Yeah. Swear to All God. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How'd you do in that class? Uh, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> the pa- patron saint of, you know, uh, blue balls. <laughs> Catholic school. You can say that about yeah. anything. Um, well, listen, why don't we wrap up 51? We'll come back tomorrow for 52. Continue this fun. Continue this flirty conversation on a train. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can, uh, find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or the, uh, main site over at HitchcockMinute.com. Uh, we got social media all over the place at, uh, The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook and on Twitter. We are the, uh, Hitchcock Minute. And, uh, please join us next time for Minute 52 of North by Northwest here on the Hitchcock Minute. Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.